Blessed Lord, who called all scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them. Read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our first reading this morning is from Psalm. I'll be reading Psalm 8 and can be found on page 848 of your Bible. Please listen for the word of the Lord. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praises because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of, our, of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Our gospel reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. Uh, this is found on page 1544 of the Pew Bible. This section occurs just before Jesus' arrest and crucifixion. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more, and prayed a third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. This is the word of God for the people of God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. In addition to my well-known love for words and languages, one of my favorite areas of study and learning is psychology, and especially the psychology of how we interact with one another. 
There's been a great deal of attention in recent years to the idea of loneliness, the psychology of loneliness, and what it's doing to our health, both psychologically and physically. There are many lonely people in the world, and there are more and more every day. In spite of our increased social interaction with people, thanks to phones and the internet, we as a culture are lonelier than ever. Some studies show that loneliness is a health risk akin to obesity or smoking. And it's not just being around other people that cures loneliness either. It's the connections that we build with those people. It is the meaningful relationships with those people. In a 2009 Newsweek article, Harry Rice, professor, professor of psychology at the University of Rochester, says some of the most profound loneliness can happen when other people are present. Loneliness does not necessarily mean having nobody to talk to or having fewer friends than the person sitting next to you. In fact, that person with 789 Facebook friends is statistically more likely to be lonely than the person with only 50. It is more what you do with the not having other people to talk with. It is more to do with what are you talking about. Now, of course, I also looked up the dictionary definition of lonely this week as well. And the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition of lonely is sad from being apart from other people, causing sad feelings that come from being apart from other people, not visited by or traveled on by many people. We are by design, says modern medical science, communal social creatures that need to live in community to thrive. And it's not just about numbers of people we're around, but the quality and the depth of those relationships that matters. And it's not just about our relationships with other people, but in fact, we are only able to have quality relationships with other people when we have quality relationships with ourselves and with God, usually referred to as a higher power in these articles. Now, I'm a big fan of medical science. Like I said, I read psychology books and journals for fun. That said, sometimes I think that medical science is a little bit behind the times. The idea of loneliness and community is one of those places where it's just now catching up to something Christians have been saying for centuries. Mother Teresa once said, the biggest disease today is not leprosy or cancer or tuberculosis, but rather the feeling of being unwanted, uncared for, and deserted by everyone. And I know of a book that's been saying that for over 2,000 years. We need each other, my dear ones. We need to be here together my sweet friends. Have you ever been in such a dark and terrible time that the last place you want to go is church on Sunday morning? There's a reason for that. There is an enemy telling you that that is not where you need to be at exactly the moment you need it the most. Sometimes we don't want to practice this discipline called solitude because it sounds lonely. But solitude is not being lonely. 
It is preparing ourselves for being together. These are very different things. Solitude is quite the opposite of loneliness. Solitude is the way to counteract loneliness and to enrich relationships with others. That is why it's such an important spiritual discipline. And it's becoming more and more important as we as a society grow more and more lonely. Solitude, like simplicity, which we talked about last week, is about freeing ourselves from the bondage of the world, a bondage that is difficult to let go of, a message that is hard to unlearn. In fact, those same studies that show loneliness to be killing us show us that the solution to loneliness is solitude, spending time with ourselves, enriching ourselves and our relationship with God, that higher power that they keep referring to. Solitude is being alone with ourselves and God, but it is not being lonely. It's being alone to get to know yourself and to heal, getting to know God and yourself in quiet moments without the chatter of the world around. Solitude is not loneliness. It is being comfortable being alone. Being alone with ourselves is not always fun at first, but it is necessary. Perhaps one of the most heart-wrenching, moving scenes in the entire Bible is Jesus praying in the garden. Here is the man that we, 2,000 years in the future, know and proclaim is God. Praying in the hours just before his death, a death on our behalf, that if there is any other way for this to shake down, please God, let it happen the other way. And absolutely nobody around him fully understood the gravity of what was actually happening. They fell asleep. And yet, Jesus is not lonely in the garden. In this deep moment of pain and sorrow, he is not lonely but he knows he must be alone. He purposefully sets himself aside from the disciples, his closest friends and community, in order to run to God in this difficult hour. Jesus needed to spend this time in conversation with God, not because his prayer would change God's plan or God's mind, but because he needed to reach into himself, he needed to reach out to God and to find the strength to move on into his darkest hour. Solitary prayer does not have the goal of fixing things. It is about connection with God in any circumstance. Contrary to what some health and wealth preachers will tell us, we cannot faith or pray our way into a fortunate, pretty little life. The power of positive thinking will not make the people around you nicer or the numbers on your paycheck bigger. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if that's what you're here for today, you'll be disappointed. Even in the times when we are most alone, when we have the fewest people around or our friends are all sleeping, when we are facing our darkest hour, those are the times when solitude, being alone with ourselves and God, is exactly what we may need. What a contrast, then, Psalm 8 offers. What a strange pairing of passages 
In Matthew 26, we get a sort of hyper-focus on Jesus. Paintings of Jesus in the garden usually show some sort of holy spotlight shining on Jesus. The focus is on him on his knees, and everything else is just dark and fuzzy or out of focus. Whereas Psalm 8 is a sweeping landscape that shows absolutely as much of creation as it possibly can. Psalm 8 sort of shows us the exact opposite kind of aloneness. Now sometimes it's easy to feel tiny and lost in that huge, majestic world. But that's not what the psalmist's point is in this psalm. It is not to separate us further from God. The majesty of the creation does not mean that we're tiny and alone in a huge world. The majesty of creation helps us recognize that we are not God, but it doesn't say that we are separated from God. In fact, we have the honor of being part of that beautiful creation. We are God's chosen and favorite part of creation. Out of all that wonder, God, the majestic creator, chooses us. And we know this because of the one who prayed in solitude in the garden that terrible night. We can experience solitude anywhere, and what a joy to discover ourselves in that. There are little moments of solitude that we can cherish, and this is how we begin in this discipline. You may be practicing solitude and not even realize it. My morning cup of coffee is sacred time, and not just because I go into caffeine withdrawal without it, but because I sit down and I have it in the quiet of the morning, either before everyone has gotten up for the day or after they've all left for school and work. And it is beautiful to be alone. Not lonely, but alone. Seek out the places like that in your life, those small moments in which it is beautiful to be alone, but not lonely. Now, I am fascinated as I read articles about loneliness this week, that in a secular article, this was not from Christianity Today or the Presbyterian Outlook, um, in fact, you'll find it attached to the sermon, if you take home a copy of the sermon this week. Um, one of those articles said this about loneliness. Finally, the secular humanist view that human existence is disconnected from any higher power and from responsibility for anyone other than ourselves gives a certain freedom to make one's own rules, but there is a price to pay for this freedom. Gone is human dignity. Gone is mankind's special connection to the author of beauty, truth, or goodness. Ultimately, we are free, but autonomy is just another way of being alone. Autonomous individuals have no responsibility to others, just as others have no claim on them. There is no obligation to care about others' troubles, or even to listen when someone intrudes into another's priceless personal space in search of a sympathetic hearing of their concerns and difficulties. That, for the record, is a non-religious article talking about the psychology of loneliness, arguing that belief in God and connection to other people in a faith community is healthy. That is psychology arguing 
that getting in touch with ourselves and with God connects us more deeply to other people. And that connection to other people makes us as individuals and us as a community and a culture and a world healthier. Like I said, sometimes medical science is a little bit behind the times. So I am sending you all off with a two-part challenge this week. Step one is to find a small place of solitude in your day. This might be your morning cup of coffee. Perhaps it's sitting on your porch in the evening. It might be your daily walk in the park. You might not have a time of solitude in your life, in which case step zero is to find one and then move on to step one and practice doing that every day. Whatever that is, recognize it and cherish it for how very important it is. There is nothing selfish about taking this time apart from others. I think that's really important, and I think that we often struggle with this concept. There is nothing selfish about taking this time apart from others. Repeat after me, dear ones. There is nothing selfish about taking this time apart from others. You may need to say that to yourself every day this week, and that's okay, especially if you happen to be a parent or a grandparent or you're caring for someone in your home. You may need to repeat that to yourself often and loudly, and that's okay. Solitude. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to give you step two. Step two of this challenge is to reflect on how your interactions with other people change as the week wears on. And then as next week wears on, you don't get to just stop this on Saturday next week because the time is up. Think about how you interact with people before and after this time of solitude. How's the way you speak to the people around you different before that time and after that time? And if you do happen to miss it one day, which you probably will, we are all people after all, think about how different that day is from the rest of the week. Solitude offers the lonely comfort. It grants us freedom from having to be around people all the time to feel whole. It frees us from having to have the constant noise of the TV or the radio or Facebook or Twitter. It allows us to stop and to listen to God and to get to know ourselves for the good of all. <clears throat> 